Welcome to Lawler Out Loud, and thank you for listening. I'm your host, Christy Lawler, and this podcast focuses on highlighting the amazing men and women that make a difference in the world. We hope to prove that every single person has the power to make a difference and make an impact. Today's guest is Laura Hoffman. So first, let me thank you, Laura, for joining us to share your story and all of your experiences in our industry and, uh, you know, kind of an update on you and uh, everything you're up to. Sure. Well, well, first of all, Christy, thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, and uh, yeah, so so for me, uh, I've uh, been in the industry. I'll just give you a quick background about me. Uh, I've been in the industry, the wine and spirits industry for over 20 years. I've worked in a lot of different capacities um, but I'm really blessed in the fact that I started right out of college. So it's really the only thing that I know. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, which is kind of cool, you know. Um, yeah. So I started right out of college as a merchandiser as a, at a local distributor and just kind of grew through the ranks there into different positions. And I also, you know, back back then, there weren't too many females. So I was one of the really yeah. first females managing uh, a fine wine group at the distributor, which was kind of cool. Yeah. 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 And, and I also had to, we created a, a new group and I was really the, hi- I was the hiring manager. I was running the group and I hired a lot of women. Um, not that, you know, I hired men too, but I brought a lot yeah. of women into the industry. And, you know, when I think about it and it might be a question later on, but when I think about it, it's something I'm really proud of because even today, a lot of those women are still there in different positions, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. In at the distributor, or, awesome. yeah, or just in the industry. So anyway, so um, then after I, I I moved on from the distributor, uh, I really hit a glass ceiling. Uh, you know, um, they were creating some new divisions, and uh, you know, it just was really a glass ceiling. I, I wasn't going to go anywhere else. So I, I moved into a supplier position. I was very lucky. Uh, it was a big, big company, Diageo. And, uh, you know, moved into that position, was running New York. And, you know, and essentially I spent 17 years of my career at Diageo. Wow. Yes. Yes. Where I did everything from managing distributor wholesalers in New York to um, some dabbling into some trade development. And then also uh, my last a gig at Diageo was managing a wine director role, uh, essentially managing all of the breakthrough markets across the country for, for wine. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And that's, 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 a, that's impressive. It's 17 years in one organization. Yes. 17 years in one organization. And, you know, I, I wouldn't have left except for the fact that I was running the wine business. And at that time, Diageo sold the wine business to treasury mm. wine estates. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, I, I, I moved along with the portfolio really because I had to, I was part of the contract mm-hmm. and um, I ended up, you know, being there at treasury for almost four years, taking on different re- uh, roles, running New York and New Jersey, having a lot of salespeople reporting into me, which was kind of fun. That was the first time in a long time that I had a lot of direct reports. So um, you know, mm-hmm. big growth experience <laughs> when you have direct yeah, reports, definitely. Right? Lots of lots Absolutely. of kids. <laughs> we were talking about kids earlier. Well, you got lots of yeah. kids. <laughs> 
a grown It's a lot of responsibility too yes. to like, you know, help them develop themselves, you know. Definitely. You're you're not necessarily responsible for developing them in the conventional sense. You have to help them grow in ways that they're going to be poised to succeed in future endeavors. And that's that's a heavy weight to carry for sure. Yes, definitely. And you know, if, if anything, I really it, it pulled me out of my comfort zone because I was dealing with folks that were already there at the company. I was an outsider. They had been working at Treasury for a long time, some of them. And I was coming in saying, hey, we're going to make some changes. We're going to, you know, uh, we need to have agendas or whatever it was, you know, and just create really a step mm-hmm. change in the business. So um, it was a really amazing growing experience for me having to work with people uh, in, a, in a different level than I had before and manage folks that perhaps I felt had some really great strengths, but also some weaknesses that needed help. So um, I, I found that I, I did a lot of mentoring when I came into that role, which was, wow, that's awesome. yeah, which was, was really good for me. Um, yeah. To learn how to do that too. (laughs) Well, so how did you, how did you discover, um, the business? Like, how did you discover your passion to be in this industry? Well, like I said, I start. I I was lucky. It's a funny story. You know, I just graduated college and I went to a wedding and one of my girlfriends that I, uh, knew from high school was working at a distributor in New York, a major distributor in New York called Peerless Importers, which is now Empire. And she said there were positions open. Send me your resume. So I did and then got an interview and then I was in. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I know. Oh my yeah. Gosh. You're like, okay, this sounds cool. Yeah. So what did you study in college? Marketing. I was a marketing. Okay. Yeah. I was a marketing major and studied marketing in college. Well, that'll help you out in this job Oh, in any capacity. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. And it it gives you, it gives you, um, because I was a marketer before I was in sales. And then I obviously have gone back to marketing. Mm -hmm. But I never understood for the life of me why sales and marketing were two different Mm -hmm. things. And why why the teams didn't work in total sync with each other. And that's in every organization. I never understood it because I'm like, wait, one of us doesn't serve our purpose without the other. So Mm -hmm. why are we bickering over this? Like, why are we not listening more to each other and and aligning our strategies and goals? It was just confusing. And I feel like maybe it was just the size of the organizations or something like that. But Mm, I don't think so, because I've always really dealt with that, too, in, in, you know, in major organizations where um, people worked in silos, finance worked in silos, marketing worked in silos. And when you had a really great marketing person, they were the ones that came to sales, right? They'd come to us and ask our opinions and take feedback. Mm-hmm. Those are the really good marketing people. At least those are the ones that I found um, that I love to work with. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you, you can come up with a brilliant marketing strategy, but if your sales team is like, this won't work, then you have to listen and not take it personally. You have to like understand what does work. I mean, you, you put their needs first because if sales don't happen, no one else works. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> it's really important. I mean, like, oh, sales, sales. No, it's really kind of a critical piece of the business because if there's no revenue coming in from the boots on the street, there's, there's nothing to talk about anywhere Definitely. else. 
Definitely. And, and I, yeah. I, I totally agree. And, you know, at treasury, when I was running the national accounts team, I was uh, shocked how often I had to chase marketing people around to help me with programming for national accounts on premise. Yeah. It was interesting. You know, they yeah. were so, um, it's just side note, you know, I, I just found that market, marketing people are more comfortable with the off premise um, and then yeah. the on premise. And it's really difficult to find, it's like a diamond in the rough to find that marketing person that can understand on-premise as well. Yeah, because everything in the on-premise, I mean, it's it's fine that they're producing materials, you know, for one-offs, mm-hmm. right? And it's just nice to have that POS to go into an account as a salesperson and just get it done. But, you know, when it comes to national accounts, that's a whole different mm-hmm. animal because everything has to be customized to that specific yes. account. And the one size fits all is never going to work. And if you don't have that support as a salesperson to make that impact for your, um, your buyer, your, the operation, Mm -hmm. then you're not going to get it done. And it's funny. I had this conversation yesterday and uh, the account needs something very specific Mm -hmm. tailored to them. And the brand side of her company is so specific and so married to their core branding and they have so many rules against how their um, how their brand message can be utilized mm-hmm. she's like okay we have to do it without our logo I'm like okay that's that's a that's a new challenge mm-hmm. but we'll we'll face it we'll we'll get on it and we'll overcome it um, but it's and it, and I ran into this in my years at Sydney Frank mm-hmm. too where the account needed something really specific and I would have to produce yes, it. Yes, definitely. And then ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But when you're making, when you're making the needle move, no one really asks for your um, apologies. Anyway, they don't get mad. When right. Exactly. That results yeah. from you going yeah, rogue. Exactly. And I never went, I never went crazy right. rogue, but you know, I still wanted to keep it up. <laughs> um, but it was, it's, it's very interesting. And, and, and she felt so bad and she was so apologetic and she's like, my hands are so tied right now. I don't understand. Mm. And I'm like, it's okay where there's a challenge, there's an opportunity. So we just tackled this from a different perspective. We can still do it. It's just going to look different than what we had in our head. And it may actually work out better for the account right. this way. Mm-hmm. So I don't see a downside, really. I just, I know she, I could hear her frustration and I felt awful, but I was like, yeah, we got this girl. I'm like, creative solutions are always the That's answer. why we <laughs> end up being very flexible as salespeople. <laughs> yes. Always yes. trying to find oh the right God. solution. Totally. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, and I'm, I'm wondering if, um, speaking about those kinds of challenges, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you have like a negative um, experience and not because I want you to dive into the negative, but because I want to illustrate the positive that can come from the negative things that we experience in our, in our lives, in our careers. And I mean, it could be personal or professional. It doesn't matter, but something that was a negative headspace or experience or time in your life that now looking back on it, surviving it and taking what you've learned Mm -hmm. from it, you're like, I'm kind of glad I faced that and went through it or whatever. Yeah. So, so for me, um, what I, the example that I'm, that really resonates the most with changing from a negative experience to a positive is when I had to move from Diageo to treasury. 
because uh, like I had said, Diageo really was my home for 17 years. I grew up there. You know, I was a baby when I started and yeah. I grew up there and they were my family. And when Treasury purchased the wine portfolio, I'll never forget my boss. I was on, I was on an airplane coming home. And when he called me, I just, I felt like my world dropped, you know, like the, the bottom of the plane opened <laughs> and I was nah. all through. And, uh, you know, what he said to me, he's like, I want you to talk to Rita, who was one, the senior vice president there uh, at Diageo. Talk to Rita because I, I want you to just talk to her and, and, you know, she's amazing and, and she's going to help you find a really good perspective with this. So anyway, so, so Rita, um, who, uh, you know, to me has been one of the greatest mentors when I think about mentors, the conversation that her and I had was, you know what, Laura, I know this isn't ideal. Uh, this is not a situation that we want you to be in, not a situation you want to be in, uh, but you are going, like you are going to treasury. It's part, you're part of the contract. It's six months that you have to go after that six months, you know, you can make decisions. I actually had one year that I was, that I had a non-compete clause actually. So it was one year non-compete clause. So it was almost like going to jail okay. for a year, right? That's how I thought of it. <laughs> so, right? Oh my God. Um, so, but anyway, uh, and what she said to me stuck with me to this day. And I, I still use this example. She said to me, you know, at Diageo, you are very well liked. We love you here. Um, you've got a solid, you've had a solid career. You've, you've um, land, always landed on your feet and been promoted to many different positions. However, at a company like Treasury, there's more opportunity there for you as, as a female executive to rise more in the ranks. Because at Diageo, there were not as many roles where I could have salespeople reporting into, especially people experience and have that people experience of salespeople reporting into me, um, getting higher, you know, VP roles. It's, it's just because it's such a bigger, bigger, bigger company, it's harder to get those spots essentially. Yeah. So when, when yeah. she said that yeah. to me, I thought, wow, okay, well, that's how I'm going to look at it. She said, look at it as a career builder, look at it as a resume builder. And she was so yeah. right because when I made it through those first six months of transition, um, they came to me and they said, you know, we want you to run New York and New Jersey and there's going to be 15 salespeople reporting into you. Boom. And a position like that, they wow. wouldn't have had that at Diageo. That would have been, right. That, yeah. that, that's a senior vice president role, you know? And so anyway, so I really was able to gain all this experience that I wouldn't have gotten in my last company. And not only the people experience managing people running, really essentially running one of the largest markets for them, the third largest mar market in the country, but also then they asked me to run the on-premise for them. So I was running the entire on-premise and the entire on-premise national accounts team. So the experience that I was able to gain in those four years <clears throat> completely turned around the negative experience of leaving the other company. That's a really, that's a great answer. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's, it's what I use but in interviews because it, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Because a change of that magnitude can yes. be terrifying. It was. And it's not that you, you're, you're afraid Correct. of a new challenge. It's that you're afraid of like ending mm -hmm. up unhappy 
like with deliverables that you can't control and you know mm. new people and being being the outsider Correct. being the newbie the yes. fng right nobody likes mm. being the fng um but that's really i mean that the way that it turned into immediate opportunities for you yes huge and I'm assuming it was treasury a little bit smaller Correct. back Correct. then. Or? Yeah. I mean, a smaller organization okay. compared to Diageo, I mean, Dia- you know, Diageo. Well, yeah, everybody's exactly. small compared to Diageo, except for maybe Ex- the exactly. and Beam, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and Gallo. Yeah. <laughs> Since Gallo now owns half the world. Um, yeah. Yeah. This, it's just, it's crazy the way things move and change so quickly know, in our industry. And, and, you know, um, from a personal perspective, I'm a single mom, you know, so I have a daughter I'm raising. So there was a lot of fear around mm-hmm. that as well. Um, how am I going to manage this? Yeah. Am I going to be okay? Are we going to be okay? But it all worked out. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and what does your time look like? Like how much of you is going to be tasked away from raising exactly. your daughter? it's it's not an unlimited it's a finite resource definitely that we all share yeah. <laughs> yeah well okay so tell us a little bit about what you're doing now and where you want to be sure going. so so right now so my my position at treasury was eliminated um back in late spring last year when they went through yes Thanks, covid yep and, and when, well, it was part COVID, but it, Treasury also went through, a ma- they were going through a major reorg and, and essentially they laid off 70 to 80% of their sales force. And the folks that were left, a lot of them did leave. Um, so, so anyway, so m- when my position was eliminated, the, the positive thing, the opportunity, right? Uh, first of all, my Diageo time mm-hmm. came over. It was part of the package that all my Diageo time came over when I went over to treasury. So essentially I had 22, 23 years there. I was very blessed to get a very nice severance. And um, I was able to take mm-hmm. some time off over the summer, which was amazing, you know, to take some time off, spend it with my daughter before she headed back to school, deal with this whole COVID thing. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. and then and then I said, okay, well, you know, I, I really have a chance to reinvent myself here. What do I want to do? And one of the things yeah. that I, that, you know, when it comes in front of you and you just start working with it, uh, for years, I've always led a real holistic lifestyle. You know, when I would do meetings with my sales teams, I would always say, okay, let's do a little meditation first. You know, <laughs> that's just me. Uh, let's ground, we're walking in, let's breathe, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, I've always lived that lifestyle. And during this time, I, I use this time and to um, bring on, create a business and also start to do some more studying. And I was able to, over the summer, get, I, I already had a, a Reiki level two. So I was able to work with a Reiki master to get my own Reiki masters to become a, a Reiki master practitioner. And then all, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. kind of cool. Um, and, and that's a whole other story, but I started that about five years ago, but, but the, the big thing is I did it for myself. Um, but then when more and more people were coming to me and asking me to take them on as a client, I said, you know, I really want to take the next step. So anyway, so I, I worked with a, a trainer and got my Reiki master practitioner. And then I said, okay, well, what else is there that I can, that I can do? And, um, I've always been very intuitive, 
Um, I already was working, doing a lot of energy healing. So I had this whole little side gig and I was going and I went yeah. to, uh, I started going a few years ago to this clairvoyance school, right? <laughs> it's kind of funny that there's actually a school where you can get certified, but you can. And uh, so I decided to create this business, you know, I'm, I'm home and I can do this service for people. And it wasn't even about getting paid. It was more about what can I do to, 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 to give service and to, to, to be able to help mm-hmm. people. So anyway, so I created this private practice that I do out of my home. And um, I've, yeah, and I've built That's up awesome. a nice client base. I also uh, work virtually, you know, with COVID, you can't always have people around in your, you know, and also with school, the one of the positive things I think that has come out of it is this virtual world where you can virtually do really anything with people from Japan or Germany or anywhere globally. It's created this global community, right? Very true. Um, And then I decided to, uh, since I had the time, I started to, I've always been a big yogi and I really fell in love with Kundalini yoga, which is a little bit of a different yoga than Hatha yoga. So I decided to do the global training. So I'm currently now doing that training, which just brings a whole other experience to what I can offer my clients to the technology of yoga. Yeah. So essentially that's what I've been doing while I've been interviewing, um, for, for roles. That's awesome. That's such a sunny lining. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And, and, you know, I was in resistance and this is what's so funny because that that's what really a spiritual path is about. It's about, you want to move past the suffering and move past the resistance. And I was in resistance to really coming out of the closet and creating this business. But as I started to create it, as they say, if you build it, they will come. (laughs) I started to get more and more clients recommended. So it's really interesting. And, and, you know, I, uh, I think the big thing too, is that there's just so much unknowing and anxiety and, you know, people just looking to, um, create a different life for themselves. That's huge. See, that's how you're making an impact. Yes. Yeah, it, it is. You know, I'm, I, I always laugh when, I get the phone, you know, immediately they want to book another appointment or I get the phone, I get the, no, I don't laugh, but you know, I get the phone call and they say, Hey, you know, you're making such a difference. I walked out and I felt lighter and I felt, you know, all this heaviness came off of me and I just felt better and I slept better that night. And I went, Oh, wow. <laughs> that just, yeah, that just That's yeah, awesome. made me feel like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Yeah, Absolutely. You never know Mm-mm. where you're going to end up, right? Everything I've ever, like, been like, well, I don't know how to do that. I shouldn't do that. And then I try it and I'm like, oh, eh, this is why I was supposed to do something I didn't know how to do. I was supposed to expand my horizon. Definitely. <laughs> it's funny how life teaches us what we're needing yeah, to learn and, at and the you time. Know, the thing is, for me, you know, I am a marketer. I am a business person. I am a salesperson. So for me, you know, this business is starting out as something that perhaps I could take in a different way. Who knows? You just don't know. Yeah. There are no limits when you do, when you work for yourself, there Correct. are really no limits. I mean, no one's going to tell, you no. you tell yourself no or exactly. yes to everything. And it's freeing. It's very freeing and it, it can be scary sometimes, but um, 
I think the rewards definitely outweigh the, um, the potential downsides. Um, but I'm wondering if you have any regrets or um, maybe not even a regret, but anything that you would go back and do differently um, or something that taught you so much, it's changed the way you uh, approach in the future. Well, I think for me, uh, it, the only, I, I really don't have any regrets. However, I, I do, when I think back to certain situations, especially in the corporate world where I was quiet and I didn't stand up for myself, and perhaps I was trying to be mm-hmm. too nice and not, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that resonates with me. I understand. Yeah. Exactly yeah. And, you know, when saying. I think about that, there, it, there's, almost, there's almost a mask that you wear at times when you're in a corporate situation. And listen, we all have to be professionals. We're professionals, right? You know, however, there, there yeah. have been times that I wish I had stood up for myself more than what I did. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I have those moments too. Um, there were too many times, honestly, to count where I was like, God, why didn't I have Mm -hmm. my own back? Why was I expecting someone else to have my back if I wouldn't even do it for myself, you know? And that's kind of what I want to change for the next generation of female leadership Mm -hmm. is have your own back, trust your gut, trust yourself, value yourself value what you're bringing as a contribution to the table because and it's not that you always have to be like I'm amazing at this because that's polarizing but it's like I'm really good at this let me take a a whack at it let Mm -hmm. me see what I can do with this and and just trust me and if I make a mistake then I will learn and I will fix it and I will be stronger for it but just give me that ability to like trust my, my definitely. And, you know, um, just moving from a place of having limited beliefs, feeling that you're limited to being unlimited. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's something, Mm -hmm. I I think it's a human condition. A lot of people overcome that at some point. And, you know, we all do it in different timeframes, um, and life cycles, but it's freeing when you reach that point where you're like, okay, so I'm not a total imposter. <laughs> exactly. I can do this. And, and, you know, uh, and, and yeah, when I work with people in, in business situation, professional situation, or even in, in my, um, my other business, one of the things that I remind them is to just be themselves, to be themselves and, you know, yeah, yeah just, just be yourself. Yeah. And as long as you come from a place of, of wanting to do the right thing, then it's okay. It's okay to say it. It's, o- it's okay to have the conversation yeah. as long as you come from that place. Absolutely. Well, this, is, this has been really fun, but I'm wondering, um, sure. and this is my hard question, um, just because it's, it's hard to answer. Um, but what would you want the listening audience to know about you? <sighs> Interesting, right? Um, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the big thing is um, to just remind, to, to know that you really can be anyone or anything that you want to do and to not have those limited beliefs and to have, to know that uh, the, the, the darkness that sometimes comes, comes around and comes on us, especially during this time, this really tough time, that there's always a light 
There's always light. And just keep looking at that light and reaching for that light. And, you know, that's what I want people to know about me and to know that that's where I come from. I come from a place of there's always a light. And no matter what happens or what's happening or what's going on, there's a reason for that happening. And it's in, it's also, it's in your best interest and you might not see it right now, but you will see it down the road. Yeah, absolutely. With hindsight comes education. (laughs) Well, so if people want to um, learn more about you, reach out to you, um, see if you're available to either practice with them or uh, come back to our, our side of the industry, because (laughs) that would be awesome because I miss you. Um, Well, I'm on LinkedIn, Laura Hoffman. I'm on LinkedIn. um, So please reach out for me there. And then my website for my business is lauraheels.com. So it's www.lauraheels.com. And all my services are in there as well. That's awesome. I'll be sure to put all of those links in the bio. And I think this is really exciting. And I think it'd be cool to, if I can figure out a way to have you at Witty this year, uh, to do some practicing with us. I think that would be really, really yeah, beneficial. I mean, to that the would conference. be awesome because my, my long-term goal is really to work with corporations in their wellness program and bring in mm-hmm. a lot of these practices like yoga, meditation, Reiki, healing, sound baths, you know, because when you think about corporate wellness, a lot of corporate wellness companies, they have, they give you a Fitbit where you walk 10,000 miles a day and you check in with everyone, right? But, but what about about what's inside? How do we, how do we work with that? You know, how do we help people with their self-esteem and uh, you know uh, any kind of people are going to start going back to work, which is going to be traumatic getting back on those trains, going back into offices. So uh, ultimately that's what I would love, love, love to do. So I'd love to come to Witty and, and you never know by then I could be definitely back in the industry as well. So (laughs) Well, then Definitely. we'll find two purposes Absolutely. for you if that's the case. <laughs> I'll make, I can make it happen. Um, and that's awesome. I really, I, I think, I think that's a good perspective to have is like focusing on corporate wellness um, initiatives, because if COVID has taught us anything, it's that um, our internal wellness is critical to our mental health and survival and the more that companies take care of their people right. in stressful times, the more, the, the better the company is going to be. I mean, you can survive anything if you've got the team that gives Absolutely. a rat's ass, <laughs> right? Exactly. You've treated them like you care. Um, and, and we've seen it a lot, especially with, you know, the, the folks that were in organizations that were significantly downsized, the folks that were left were well Definitely. overtasked. I mean, and that's putting it, that's a massive understatement as we know. I mean, it's, it's, it's been hard and they've had to gel to survive and they've had to learn, like learn new things and do things differently and change everything that they knew before. I mean, the shift from where we were in February of last year to where we are now. Absolutely. I mean, it's night and day, totally different. I'm excited that we're coming back now. Yes, that's a, definitely. That's definitely. A step in the right direction, finally. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing your story. And, and, um, and I'm really excited about what you're doing and, and what lies ahead for you. And I'm glad that 
we're we're still in touch and we're still talking through all of this craziness and all of the changes that life has given to us over the past year. Um, but Thank you, Christy. Me too. I really appreciate it. It was great to have this conversation with you. Love it. Absolutely. You're an excellent <laughs> guest. But <laughs> we'll Definitely. talk more often, I hope. But thank you. And, and thank you all for tuning in to Lawler Out Loud, Mixing Up the Mainstream.